Hey there, you're listening. Ding. <laughs> you're listening. Ding, 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 dong. Where's my sound effect for the horror show? Jen, you're cut off on sound effects yeah, after. Oh, oh boy. Oh, wow, Jen, trying. we're struggling here. Pull it together. I don't like this. <laughs> this is your life I'm giving you. Kind of like. Oh. It is lunchtime. I need to eat. Someone needs to feed me. I don't like shrimp. Oh, oh. Talk about your juicy pear. Yeah. You're amazing. Yeah, so now I'm going to talk about my juicy pear. <laughs> hey there, you're listening to Pushing It, where we're talking about all things pregnancy, birth, and life with a new baby. I'm Elise McAllister. And I'm Jen Laird. Hey, Jen. Hey, Elise. How's it going, Jen? I'm good. Elise is fresh off of vacation. Oh. Looking rather tan. Full of uh, margaritas. <laughs> and vigor. Uh, it's true. Yeah, she's vigorous today. It's true. <laughs> I've had so much rest. Usually we talk about vigorous in relation to babies, but today, Elise is vigorous. Your your tattoo is looking especially blue. She's got a wave coming out of her tattoo. It's true. And it's, it's looking beautiful. Thanks. All right. So I'm very that, tan. I'm as, I'm as tan as one with so many freckles could ever get. That is true. <laughs> Basically, all of your freckles have merged to just sort of form <laughs> one big tan all over your body. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I, I don't think I've ever gotten this tan in my whole life. Wow. And I've I've actually spent other weeks in Mexico, so yeah. I'm doing all right. Congratulations on that. I've had, you know, a nice week poolside sipping many pina coladas. There you go. I read a whole book. <gasps> a book. A book. And it Was it, there anything educational about this book? Oh god, no. Oh good. No. Can no. I borrow this book? Oh when yeah. I go on oh yeah. Jen's getting on a cruise next week. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was. I, it I was need fun. a mindless book. It was totally mindless. It was fantastic. Good. Yeah. It wasn't about anything like birth related Good. or, um, yeah. It was totally a garbage book. It didn't like change your life. No. Just entertained you. Yeah. Excellent. In fact, I would say for the first uh, couple days, yes. I read the like the same few pages Sorry. over and over. Takes because, a while, right? Yeah, I would start reading it, and then I would like drift off staring at the ocean. Oh, you poor thing. I know, and then it's I would terrible. drink a little strawberry daiquiri, and then I would read a little bit more, and then I'd forget what I was reading. Okay. It's it's kind of wet from be, getting splashed in the pool because okay. I would sit in the pool with my book and sit my drink. Okay, you better stop. We are talking to people who are pregnant, <laughs> have just had a baby, or uh, making the transition to living with a new baby at their house, and you're giving us this flowery picture of reading and sipping and splashing. It's true. Foreign concepts to so many of these folks. 
Take out the reading part, and it basically could translate to birth. <laughs> Sipping and splashing and sitting. Hey, this is all birth-related. <laughs> good try. What a birth. Good, okay, let's talk about birth. Good try there. Good try. I am, I am working on a good transition right there. Yeah, there you go. There you Speaking go. of transitions. So, but maybe what we could say in all of that is um, take time for self-care. Yeah. Like, you got a new lease on life, right? Now that you're... Yeah. All breasted and tanned and freckled and all. It's true. Yeah. It's really important to have some balance and some self-care. And I'll be honest, guys, I brought my kids on vacation with me. Yeah. So it wasn't all just margaritas and reading a book. Nope. Some of it was, a lot of it was momming too. Hey, stop fighting. Hey, But don't wouldn't do you, I mean, I don't know. It's a season of life where... You, you want that, though, too, right? Like, this is your family, and this is... I guess what I'm trying to say is that before you have kids, you kind of think of maybe a family vacation as kind of a hard thing. Like, oh, no, I won't be able to family... Va- I mean, vacation like I have in the past. But then, actually, it brings a new dimension and fun to family memories, right? It's I was, true. I was but I, I did say many times, if you guys don't stop cannonballing next to my drink, I'm going to get so mad because they kept cannonballing yeah. and then splash, splash them all the pool water into my drink. Yeah. That's yeah, not good. Not good. You not don't want to be drinking pool water. Yeah, yeah. That's very true. Yeah. It's not a good way to go on vacation. <laughs> I always like to think of like my own family vacations growing up oh, and wow. how much you like, I don't know. I remember those with a lot of joy and like, oh, it was my childhood. And then you realize, oh, wait, I'm giving a childhood to somebody and how that feels like, wow, this is this is your life I'm giving you. Kind of like it brings some sweetness in, Jen. Am I? I'm like in threats about, you know, know, don't I, don't put pool water in my cocktail. And you're like, bring it in the sweetness. Elise is looking at me like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Stop trying to make it so, like, Jen is a much better sweet. mom than I am. <laughs> oh, please, stop it. Okay, what are we talking about today? We're, our, we just decided we're going to turn this into a whole series. So, okay. we've talked about what your friends didn't tell you about pregnancy. And then we decided, you know what, let's talk about what your friends don't tell you about giving birth. Because, hmm. well, your friends are terrible. No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> we didn't talk to friends there, Elise. <laughs> since I'm going to be the jerk today. No, um, no. since I, since we decided your friends aren't going to tell you enough, we decided that um, friends aren't telling you all the things that you need to know. Um, often, by the time your friends are having babies, they're so caught up in taking care of this new baby that often we forget about all the little things that need to be passed on about pregnancy and birth and having a baby. It's not that your friends are jerks. I'm just kidding. Your your friends are just caught up in taking care of this new baby that they forgot to pass on this really important information. Or and, that they had babies a while ago and they actually don't uh, remember some of this stuff. Yeah, true. Which also happens often when, you know, our family members are giving information about, totally. you know, pregnancy and birth. Yeah. So we are going to tell you all the things that your friends forgot to tell you about giving birth. And I think we also want to bring in um, not your friend's perspective, right? Because maybe one of your friends had this like beautiful, idealistic, like 
really short, pain-free sort of birth, and it was amazing. And so we want to give you a different perspective than that. And then maybe also <laughs> some friends who had, like, the uh, kind of unhappy, uh, where's my sound effect for the horror show? Of a, uh, birth. So a lot of... Jen, you're cut off on sound effects yeah, after... What? How many podcasts are we in now? Die a horror movie sound effect. So anyway, those friends who had this birth that went a little south um, and went differently than they anticipated, and their story of their birth is like, I will never do that again, and it was terrible. So we're hoping to bring in some additional information that is somewhere in between both of those two things. Yeah. Um. So I think we're starting out with some early labor. Yeah. Although you know, I was just reminded. And you said uh, about the friend with the pain-free birth. Yeah. So when I was having my first, I remember um, I had a friend who I actually attended her birth. And we were chatting while I was pregnant. And I, I was like, you know, tell me tell me everything you remember about giving birth. And she was like, you know, I would actually not use the word pain oh. to describe birth. And I was like, wow. Oh. Uh, interesting. And so here I was in labor with my first and, uh, and I remember saying her name and a whole lot of swear words. And I was like, bleep, bleep, so-and-so and and her no pain. Ah, I was like, I can't believe she said that. And it really stuck out so much that like, I made a point of addressing that in labor. (laughs) In labor even. Yeah. I was like, seriously? Cursing her. Yeah, I cursed her. Voodoo doll out there. Oh, I so would have. Pulling out the the friend voodoo doll was like, seriously. And then afterwards I was like, seriously? And she was like, yeah, no. And then there's this like birth amnesia that I think that we have, which is why I think that our friends don't always tell us this stuff about birth. Yeah. Is that there's this, this kind of birth amnesia that we forget. Yeah. 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 So, um, Elise and I often go to births, as we all know, and, um, I, even this last week I was at a birth that someone, um, said, in the middle of it all, I am never doing this again. <laughs> one and done, honey. One and done. <laughs> and, you know, kind of playfully, but also she was serious. She's like, how do people do this more than one time? And then um, it was funny. You do it one at a time. Exactly. So that I talked to her a few days afterwards. And she's the one who brought it up, not me. And she goes, yeah, I know I said that. But now it's funny because I actually don't remember. I mean, of course I remember, but it feels really different to look back on it than it does, you know, during the actual situation. I'm like, yep, that's what a lot of people say. <laughs> there's, There must be something really, um, I'm sure there's some science around that of how we do forget, um, you know, and yet we remember, you know, I think of breaking my arm or doing some things like that like I can remember that pain and yet I'm not I'm, I'm over it does that make sense yeah yeah absolutely yeah. okay so we're talking about early labor oh yeah um I'm thinking about how early labor usually takes longer than people tell us so don't start the party until it's time. You're probably going to hear me say this over and over and over again because it's one of my favorite phrases. I like, love that phrase. Yeah, don't start the party. Um, you get all excited, right, when you've got something exciting happening 
in your life. Imagine going to Disney, Disneyland or when Mexico. you're little. Or Mexico, <laughs> exactly. And you can hardly sleep the night before, and it's so exciting, and it feels like it's never going to come. And then those hours between waiting and actually getting to do that thing you're looking forward to, um, it go it feels like forever, right? Yeah. Similar in labor, where you get excited, wow, I'm starting to cramp here, yay, I'm in labor. And then it kind of feels like it's forever before contractions actually really start. Your body's got a whole lot of work to do in early labor that is not just about dilating your cervix. Oh, and this drives me crazy, right. let me tell you. Good point. Okay, so what Everybody I, always talks about this. Oh, how how dilated are you? Especially leading up to labor. Yep. This yep, is yep. kind of a pet peeve of mine. So what happens before dilation oh, occurs? Oh, well, that, not just before, but during and before and through and all, you know. And after, no, not no, after. No. Just <laughs> I mean, all of it, right? Around. I know, I know. <laughs> Makes me think of the, like... What's never mind? There's like a whole song. I won't even. Okay. Right? Am I making this up? It's the, but whatever. I have no idea what you're talking about, Elise, (laughs) but I'm sure it is, it is earth Wow, Jen, we're struggling here. Pull it together. Okay. (laughs) So, um, Um, okay. So you have to, your baby has to move down. Your cervix has to move from the back. It's pointing to your back and it has to sweep around to the front. It has to become soft. Like, it goes from feeling like your nose, touch your nose, to your chin, to your cheek, or your lip. Oh, wait, softness. wait, let's just pause that, because you said that, like, you know what you're talking about, and this okay. is brand new Slow information down, for okay. some folks. Your your uh, your nose, your cervix, starts, um, it starts out feeling like your nose. So before labor begins, yeah. it feels like your nose. And then it becomes like your chin. Everybody should be touching their chin right now. Unless you're driving your car. Then don't touch your chin. Yeah. Okay, so your chin. Um... And then it becomes as soft as your cheek or your lip, either one, oh, right? Depending on who's as softer, right? Your lips or your cheek? I had a little chapped lip for my vacation. Okay. I think I got a little sunburn on my lips. So much. I, I, cervixes tend to not be chapped. Sunburned. <laughs> Hope you don't have a sunburned cervix. <laughs> okay, moving right along. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay, so your cervix needs to change in that way. Okay, softer. Softer. It's going to get soft. It's going to move forward. Your baby is going to move down. And then your cervix needs to thin out, right? So it's going to get short. Short. Yeah. Okay. And then it also has to dilate. So that that's a lot of work, you know? It is a lot of work. I mean, if you knew what we got done in a day, your cervix works way harder than us. That, oh, wow. Yeah. Deep and meaningful. So we've started to kind of talk about, um, there's um, often a cervix is referred to as ripe. You might hear your provider say, yeah, your cervix is really getting ripe and ready to change or dilate. Talk about your juicy pear. Yes. So now I'm going to talk about my juicy pear. So you go to the grocery store, (laughs) you buy a pear, you pick out one that's kind of nice and firm because, you know, you don't want the mushy one already. Then you put it in your little paper bag and you go home and you put it on the counter in your little paper bag because that helps it ripen, right? And then you're like, oh yeah, shoot, I forgot about my pear. You reach in there and now your pear is ripe and your fingers as it's grabbing it out of the paper bag actually start to actually go through the skin of the pear. 
So notice here that the pear has gotten ripe and therefore it is easily changes. Similar to the cervix where when it's ripe, it easily changes. So see the connection there between having a ripe cervix that it can very quickly and easily change versus a cervix that is not ripe, meaning it's still pointed towards the back, it's quite long and it's not softened. So that, that pear that was at the grocery store, that takes some effort, right, to cut into, to bite into. Okay, that's where the similarity changes there. Okay, okay. But you see what I mean. Like Your cervix needs to turn into a nice juicy pear. Exactly. So you can't. You can't will that to happen. No, it you is not. Just there's no paper. Walk bag. up and down, or drive over all the bumpy streets. No, nope. you need to. Ooh. Right, you can't drive over uh, bumpy roads and and, and will right. your cervix into a nice juicy pear. That's actually a really good. I like that analogy right. because that's often what people in early labor are like. Oh yeah, I'm having a contraction like every. 20 minutes and they're like oh let me go on the bumpy roads let me go for a jog up and down these stairs and right? do all those things i'm just gonna keep hitting the button on the app like it doesn't matter how many times mm -hmm. you time every single contraction you cannot will your cervix into a juicy pear ah I right like that. I so know. what we're bottom line here is what we're trying to say is early labor is not just about dilation it's hormonally as well those hormones have to be um helping the uterus to get into a pattern where it can effectively contract and change some of that now on the flip side some people even before they get noticeable contractions they're already ripe they're it's all true they're already ripe and ready. And so those beginning contractions are actually changing their contraction. I'm sorry, their cervix. Um, so there's no way for us to magically know this. It is impossible. All we can wait is for longer, stronger, closer together contractions, all that good stuff. So we go back to the mystery of the human body and while it's annoying, it's kind of beautiful as well because mystery, we got to have some of that in our lives, right? Right. We're not we're not machines. You can't fix us. You have to actually kind of wait and see how things are going to um, pan out. So so stop pushing the button in the app, okay? There's, you don't need an app. You don't need to time every single contraction for 12 hours in early labor. It will not help dilate your cervix. And I promise that if you skip a couple of contractions or a few hours, you are not going to miss your labor and your baby will not fall out in your living room. Okay, so let's talk about that. Uh, we see a lot of media images about, oh my gosh, it's time and racing off to a hospital. Ugh. So here's what I want to say about that. I think we talk that. about this in every podcast. Uh, we do. Because it just drives us crazy. Yes, you it guys. does. It's TV birth. It just makes us crazy. I, I feel like I'm going to, I'm going to physically harm myself from the amount of eye rolling oh, I do. Yes. Your eyeballs are going to get stuck up I there. I know, do right? That. If I hold my face this way long enough, I'm going to like... My eyes are going to stay there. Okay, so what we want to do is we want you to pay attention to what your provider, midwife, OB, we want you to pay attention to their instructions prenatally. What did they tell you to look for? Who's going to be at your birth? If you've got a doula, pay attention to when she wants to be let known 
when um, to give her that heads up of like, hey, things are kind of starting to happen. Yep. Um, pay attention to that and know that you can lean into um, those instructions and there's not the like, hey, I'm having some crampiness. I guess it's time to go to my place of birth. I guess I'm in labor. Um, Cause that's kind of starting the party before it's time, right? So pay attention to those things of what kind of instructions they've given you and know that even if you are contracting, say every five minutes and the contractions are, are lasting for a minute long, um, it's still good to kind of check in um, because occasionally um, you are having that experience, but those are non-progressing contractions, meaning they're not really changing your cervix. And there's there's a way that we can kind of figure that out. In the beginning. In right. the very In beginning. beginning. Yes. But as you are moving along, that's a great sign. Yes. yes. So you can check in. That's why you have, that's why you've picked your team, right? Right. You get to pick your team. You get to pick your provider. You get to pick if you have a doula or not and who that doula is going to be. So choose them um, with care. Yeah. yeah. Choose people you trust and um, check in. Check in. And that leads me into saying you don't owe your birth to anybody. Mm. And so you get to pick who's going to be on your team. So you don't have to have anybody at your birth that you don't want to have at your birth. Ooh. Mm -hmm. So there's no obligation to like have my friend there, even though I went to her birth. Nope. Or my family mom members? or no. my sister nope. or my great aunt Sally. Nope. I don't have a great aunt Sally. No. But, um, so if you did, she doesn't have to be there. Oh, yeah. And I have a really great rule of thumb on how to know if you feel comfortable or not with the person in the room. Ooh, tell me, Elise. Ask me if your great aunt Sally should be in the room. Should my great aunt Sally be in the room, Elise? Do you want your great aunt Sally to see your vagina? Uh, uh, not particularly. Then she shouldn't be in the room. Okay. Ask me if somebody else should be in the or in the room. Should somebody else be in the room? Do you feel comfortable giving birth in front of them, and do you feel safe around them? Well, uh, they're they're a little anxious. Their personality mm. tends to be like, oh, no, what's happening? Why does oh. the baby's heartbeat just dip? What does that mean? Oh. And do they support the way that you want to birth your baby? No, they're kind of thinking that I should be doing it a different way. And they probably shouldn't be at your birth. Ooh. So there's some great questions. Those are just to get you started. But think about it that way. Yeah. Um, if you don't want them to see your vagina, then that's a quick way to rule them out. Mm -hmm. But if they don't believe in the way that you're planning to birth your baby, or if they make you anxious or they are anxious, probably an easy way to rule them out. Mm -hmm. um, and here's an easy way to tell them that they can't be there. My place of birth um, or my provider has a policy about the number of people that can be around while I give birth. So obviously, if you're having a baby at home, your home does not have a policy about how many people can be there. Oh, really? <laughs> it's like not on the, the renter or the homeowner's agreement. Right. I yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, but your midwife might have a policy about how many people can be there. And if you're at a hospital, then there's a chance that they have a policy about how many people can be in the room. Mm. Um, and, and a lot of hospitals do. I know that our some of our area hospitals have a rule about how many people can be in the room. So you can either blame authority yep. 
or you can say something like, you know what, my, um, my partner and I are actually thinking that we'd like to kind of have this experience just together. Um, we've kind of talked about it and, um, rather than hurting anybody's feelings, um, about who's going to be there, we've actually just chosen to just have the two of us be there. Um, cause we were the ones who were there when the baby was created and now we're going to be there when the baby comes out. Wait, that sounds kind of sarcastic, but that could work for some folks, right? Yeah. So really it's then owning you and the other parent who's going to bring up this child in the world and owning that this is your experience and that this is the way you're choosing to do it. And sometimes, this is hard for Elise and I, less words is better. <laughs> because we tend to use lots of words, as we all know. Um, so just a really simple explanation um, and other folks find that um, some research behind it is also good. So we do know that there is research to back up what Elise and I are saying is that you are going to birth differently if you're in a place where you feel safe, surrounded by people who make you feel safe, right? So that's research. And yep. you don't need to tell family members, well, actually, you make me feel unsafe, therefore. But um, we but do you can if you want. You can if you want, of course, but you could say, you know, there's research to show that when I'm in a small space with just the right amount of people that um, I'm going to birth differently. So there's that too. Yep. Which leads us to talk about your badassery. Yeah. So here's the deal. It doesn't matter how you get your baby, get, how your baby gets out. Where you get it out. Out your vagina. Out of your belly. Yep. Surgically. Um, whether At home. In a hospital. In an OR. In a uh, birth center. With a vacuum. With an epidural. With some forceps. Ooh. With, um, oh, what else? Pitocin. Pitocin. Yeah, there's another one. Hot with an IV. Without an IV. In the woods. Ooh, in a hospital bed. On your back. Ooh, squatting. In a bathtub. Or a birth tub surrounded by other children that you have, your best friends, or your mom. Or nobody that you know at all. Mm. Maybe just professionals. Yep. So bottom line here is that we want you to feel confident and empowered and um, really proud of yourself for the choices that you make about your birth. Because you're a badass and there is no easy way to do this. And there's no right way to do this because there's only your way to do this. Yep. You know, it's funny. Uh, We were kind of chatting earlier about uh, philosophies around birth and Jen and I got into this work uh, through midwifery. And, uh, you know, I think there have been times where um, I can speak for myself that I had an idea about uh, right or wrong ways to have babies. And, you know, that's really changed over time. And and what I've really found is that there is no easy way to get a baby out and Mm -hmm. not physically easy or physically hard, but emotionally and physically, there are so many choices and 
challenges to navigate to get a baby out that it takes a lot of badass work to get a baby out into this world and not just birthing but to carry a baby to birth a baby and to raise a tiny human being yeah and what goes into that and navigating all of that you are all absolute badasses yeah i i just completely blew my swearing quota out of the water Uh today jen Woo. okay strong women of wonder i don't know what else people people yes people birthing people of wonder you guys are amazing yeah um so bottom line here is that even with our own um experiences um not only in our professional world but also in our personal world um, we believe in you. Yeah. Right? And um, the the right way to have a baby is the way that you choose and that there is so much information and buzzwords out there about, you know, natural or, um, you know, all these different buzzwords out there, right? And that sometimes even even those words are a bit triggering to some of us and what they what they convey is there is a right way to do something right yeah. if if somebody talks about food today in our society there's of course that word natural right yeah. we should all be eating natural well what is the definition of natural and um, we need to further explore some of that right and um, we don't want you defining yourself or your birth experience, particularly if it goes differently than you had planned, by um, those definitions, right, of natural or unnatural. Because um, we know that there are a lot of things that are beyond our control about birth. And we go back to saying that there's two people involved in this process. There is the baby and there is you as the birthing person. And the importance of looking at not just this this um, surface line, but actually looking under that surface to see, um, see birth from a different perspective. And we always wanna keep challenging that for everyone. Own your decisions, make decisions based on what feels best to you. Gather information and then make a choice, depending on what that feels. Absolutely. And you know, it's interesting because I think that a lot of times I hear people say, you know what, I want to have a baby without an epidural because I want to see how strong I am. And that Mm. sometimes what I see is that it takes even more strength to have a plan in mind and then have to change that plan and make choices with intention Mm. and to navigate those choices and to use what somebody might consider to be interventions as tools yeah, and how to navigate that in a way that fits what they need and to get their baby out in a way that works for them. And that takes a lot of strength and courage. Yes. Um, We see a lot of that. We have a lot of of our clients as doulas that come in and have one idea in their mind about how they want to birth and then things change a little bit because there are two people and you can't. You can't always predict how a birth is going to go because yeah, birth is pretty unpredictable sometimes. I'm not always, um, yeah. but sometimes. Yeah. And they have to navigate that. And uh, so it takes a lot of strength to say, wow, I had something in mind and I have to navigate this. And I'm so proud of myself for doing it. And yes. I feel like such a badass coming out the other end of this. And I was so strong and it took longer 
and I had so much courage to face it and I took grace and strength and um just bravery bravery so I like that yeah yeah Yeah. and that's what birth is about that's I thought I was drawn into birth because I liked um out of hospital birth and what I was really drawn to was that the bravery and courage that it took to get babies out but we also recognize that same bravery and courage is needed regardless yeah well that's what exactly what I mean is that it takes bravery and courage to get babies out in Anyway, in any situation, I mean, anytime yeah. you show up and say, all right, I'm ready to have a baby. I'm ready to, to parent a new person. That takes a lot of bravery, bravery. Yeah. 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 Reoccurring theme here for us is that we want you to feel confident and gather information and then confidently make choices that, um, make sense to you. Okay. So now that we've told you how amazing you are you're amazing um let's talk a bit about some active labor what are some things that maybe your friends aren't telling you about active labor oh you know we were just chatting about this one and uh, this seems to be popping up a lot in births that i'm seeing uh so we often recommend people try new birth positions Mm -hmm. and i've been hearing a lot lately that people are saying i don't like the way that one feels So here, this might be something that your friends didn't tell you, but positions in labor aren't just about coping and feeling good. So even as childbirth educators, we'll say, well, here's some positions that might feel good to you or comfortable, and we want you to find a comfortable position. Um, Yes, I I think that applies a lot to early labor. So in early labor, if um, a particular way is feeling really, really strong, um, then we might consider, like, don't do that position, right? Sure. Um, Go ahead and try and nap. Um, Try and and find those ways that feel comfortable. Then you're into an active pattern, and you're like, oh, no, that doesn't feel so good. I'm not doing it. I just need to be comfortable. I need to cope, and I need to feel comfortable. Well, first of all, here's a clue. Anytime in early, sorry, in active labor that you change positions, typically your brain has to catch up. So you've been okay in one position and now you're switching to another. Um, Your brain usually says, heck no, go back to what we were just doing. This isn't cool. I don't like this. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. Give yourself a couple contractions. I would say two before you start to feel like, oh, actually this position might even be better than that last one. Because now your brain has caught up with your body. Your confidence level has risen of like, oh yeah, I can do this. Yep, all right, I'll figure this out, okay? So I was um, like to say that um, women in labor, just like newborns, don't like transitions, right? They don't like being moved newborn baby on your chest who's been just happy as anything then you pick the baby up move the baby for instance to the other breast and the baby's like i don't like this (laughs) women in labor very similar so give yourself some time to readjust to this new position um but it's not always about keeping comfortable right the point of labor is to help this baby come down and out. And we know that as you change positions, that that helps the baby also find more of an optimal position for coming out as well as puts pressure on the cervix in a different way. And the point is to get the cervix to go away so that we can push a baby out. Opens up your pelvis, helps the baby have a little bit more room to navigate the pelvis, right. all the good things. So. 
So yes. Keep moving. We want you to be comfortable in active labor, but that's not and to be uncomfortable. All the point either. Yeah. So right? some positions are to be uncomfortable and some are to be for being comfortable. So yep. a little bit of both. So you can be move back and forth between those two. So yep. it's okay to go into the uncomfortable. And sometimes even some of those uh, less comfortable positions are the ones that you need more of. So yeah. if you're doing lunges, I'm a big fan of lunges. Yes, you um, are. Yes. Uh, the side that's less uh, comfortable or a little bit more sticky is usually the side you need to lunge more on. Yeah. All right. So uh, I bet your friends didn't tell you about that one. They no. don't like to talk about that. What about food pushing? We're food pushers. Oh, we're such food pushers. So so. A lot of friends don't tell you that you need to eat in labor. But we often hear people say, oh, don't I don't need to worry about food. I won't be eating, eating in labor. Uh, yeah, you will. It's a lot of energy required by your body and your brain. And active labor takes some hours. And I don't know about you guys, but I can't go hours without eating. Yeah. You might even start to hear my stomach rumbling right now. It is lunchtime. It is lunchtime. I need to eat. Someone needs to feed me. And uh, you're not in active labor either. I'm not even pregnant. No. But you, you need to eat. You're pregnant in... when you're in labor. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so you should remember. <laughs> you need to eat. So even if you're not feeling hungry, and you probably aren't because you're kind of working on something else, you still need to eat little bites of stuff in labor so even if you're not feeling hungry but you might also feel starving i may have eaten an entire pound of bacon in labor with my second she's raising her hand right now yep she is signaling to you that not only may she have but she did i did one pound of bacon three string cheeses three three and so many clementines that my daughter's middle name is clementine there we go i think you were an eater I was an eater, but my first, they made me eat yogurt and it felt so overly sweet that I was, I was gagging. It, it was terrible, but I needed to eat something. Yeah, you needed the energy. And often we see a connection too of people's energy to get getting low. We give them some um, protein, especially not sort of jello, but like protein like give you some greek yogurt yeah. or some apple and peanut butter or string cheese, string cheese. Favorite, right yeah like nothing it tastes the same going down and as it does coming up it even comes go. in its own little labor package yep but Just those people have some food and then suddenly contractions change and are stronger yep. and they emotionally and physically are stronger um, so food sometimes is actually the answer to um, helping this thing progress. Um, was, you can actually hear my stomach growling. I, know, I, I might pick it. it up on the microphone. There we go. Wow, all this talk about food. We're going to bust just... this podcast out and feed you, I promise. <laughs> okay, music. La. Oh, maybe you could just bring Jen singing into you labor. You could bring me into your labor. I, I got a good... Uh, a few under my belt here. I, I love share. talking about music and labor because I think people put a lot of intention into their music for labor. Some do, some don't. Some, some do. Some do. I think like music has or... changed though a lot yeah, over time. True. I remember when I first started attending births. Now remember, I started going to births back in two thousand three. Oh, that was a good music year. It was a good music year, but 
really what I'm thinking is that people used to have to burn CDs to yes. bring it into labor, right? Uh, yes, music has changed. Music has your, changed. In your lifetime. Right? Yeah. I mean, we weren't quite bringing, like, cassette tapes back then. I think wow, the now millennial... Now I'm really old. I'm not that old. The millennials are like, uh, what does it mean to burn a CD? Right. My computer does not even have... My computer now does not have the ability to put a CD in it. What is a CD, Elise? <laughs> what is a CD? We don't even know. Oh my goodness. And yet, I feel like I want to give some of our listeners who will appreciate like a visual of bringing a cassette tape, the clear ones with the little hot pink and the little blue stripe where, you know, we oh, used yeah. to like record the tapes. Totally. Yeah. My very first podcast back when I was a kid and I used to record with friends like our we used to podcast. Re- well, not you... really, but oh, probably okay. like you know, my neighbors. We would re- record the news. I'm doing air oh, quotes. Yes, yes. That yes, was yes. my first intro to podcasting. Yeah, we would record ourselves on those. Yeah, that was probably we... how somebody brought music to their their. My, birth. my brother and I would do um, commercials. Yeah. See, we were we were we, born yeah. podcasters on, on on the cassette tape. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. See. Yeah. We were, yep. Okay, so... So it's So people used to be really intentional about making or a playlist, but now you could just bring your phone and hit Spotify or whatever, or I don't know. I don't know. Some... Pandora. I feel like, yeah. Whatever We're probably going to name all these things. But actually, it is a good idea to put a playlist together, but a nice mix of, like, maybe some softy music, but also some, like, more upbeat as well, because you might not want to listen to, like, yoga, birds chirping, (laughs) sort of music the whole time, but you also might not want that, like, really heavy music, so I'd say kind of a nice mix of both or two different because it can be really nice to labor to some really chill music but some people i i have been on a run of pushing to hip-hop lately oh yeah yeah also a big beyonce pushing run Oh, lots of pushing to Beyonce these days. It's a beautiful day was on at a birth. You know, you two, it's a beautiful day when the baby's like coming out. It was really, really fun. I went to a birth once where um, the baby was born to Thriller and we were all like, dang it, why don't we know the Thriller dance? (laughs) I know. I I just love what happens to pop out of playlists. Yes. But the baby is popping out. Um, Yes. So mix it up a bit for your playlist. Like have more than one because you never really know. So you might be surprised. Your friends might not have told you that you might want a little Beyonce. Yeah. Or you might want a little rainbow or uh, uh, like no, rain sounds. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, like, uh, you know, him that my husband listens to all the time. I have no idea. Um, and, and it's all the Icelandic, what's his name? Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying Whatever. to read your mind. You can't read my mind. Oh, Wait, we haven't leveled up to that yet, Jen. I know. I okay. mean, not today, it's, but it's, usually. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Okay, so let's just go ahead and um, think about pushing a baby out. Cause we're it's done. true. But I also want to say real oh. quick that you might hate music and labor. Oh, yeah, that's true. So some people are like, ah, that's too annoying. I remember feeling like music felt like too much. Yeah. I didn't want music. I was Super, very surprised because yeah. I love music. A little music. stimulation too much. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay, so okay. you're going to push a baby out now. What? what are your friends not telling you about pushing? Well, um, I think friends, some of them, or the books at least, are saying, do not push on your back. It's the worst way to push. Oh, yeah. I hear that all the time. So flat on your back, not a great idea. Right. Leg straight. It's not going to help you. A lethotomy position. Oh. 
Well, you know, it's the official name. Yeah. For getting all medical. Very, very people. official job. Um, but, <laughs> okay, so pushing on your back. Oftentimes, that can be a super effective way to push, to isolate the muscles involved in pushing a baby out, to hold your legs into a position um, that makes your pelvis nice and wide and gives lots of space for your baby to come out. Can we paint this picture? You're laying on your back, but you're reaching around. Reaching Ooh. around. Reaching forward, grabbing behind your knees, and curling around your belly. Like, yep. you're, you're cannonballing like my kids. Ooh, you're making a C. Is cannonballing a verb? Like, I'm turning it into a verb. I'm not really sure. That no, I'm that's a verb. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're making, essentially, a C with your body. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. You're like a shrimp. You're like, you're curling like a shrimp. You're making I a don't C. like shrimp. Yeah, I, I just that think of like Sesame it, Street so with the letter C. I think of Bert and Ernie every time I say that to someone in labor. I'm like, I never say it out loud, but I'm thinking, <laughs> Bert and Ernie, you're making a C with your body. I'm going back to my preschool days there. That is hilarious. C. Okay. So make a C. Make a C with your body. So uh, being on your back is not actually really being on your back. It's making a C with your body. And really, it's like almost... Like doing a squat. Yeah, true. Or, yeah, it's a squat. So imagine you're in a squat, and then you're just rotating that squat into any position. So you could rotate it forward. You would be on your hands and knees if you rotate it onto your... Nope. I so wish this was a video right now. If you could see her body doing this, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I, you, I would just do like a like rolling forward. I would yeah. roll onto my hands and he would roll backwards. Yeah. I would be yeah. on my back. Another thing about this whole pushing thing is <laughs> you might start pushing on your back and then you move to your side. You push there for a while. And then on your hands and knees. And then on your hands and knees and then maybe squat. But there, potentially you're going to push in more than one um, position. Ideally. Ideally you're going to. But often... Um, the person at your birth, your provider, your nurse, your doctor, your midwife is going to say, actually, I think we were seeing a little bit more progress in another position than you're currently in. So you might actually go back to your back and you might birth your baby on your back. And there's nothing wrong with that. It is not a lesser position to birth in. And I feel like I hear a lot of that, like, oh, don't put your baby out on your back. In that voice. In that voice. <laughs> yes. Always that voice. We like to do a lot of voices. Yes. <laughs> So it's okay to push baby out on your back, um, and it's okay um, to change positions. Um, so we're going to have some opposites going on here. We're going to play the game of opposites. Oh. Pushing is such a relief. Man, with those contractions, I felt like they were coming at me, and now I just have to, like, breathe and relax and get through the contraction. But now that pushing has started, I feel like I've got a job to do, and I feel strong and, like, let's get this done. Powered. Powered. Lots of power. I am moving my baby. I love pushing. I hate pushing. <laughs> do you want to tell me more about that? <laughs> nope. That's all I've got. Okay. Nope. I don't like it. Okay. So some people love pushing because they some feel people just hate it. Really empowered by it, and other people um, don't so much like it. Um, and we'll see whether or not it's you exhausting. Like it or don't. Yeah. Sure. Most people love it, but there's a few of us out there who don't. Speak so my truth. Yep. So. I wasn't a fan. Yep. It's a lot of work. And at least doesn't like work. <laughs> I like to work. 
Wow, there's a theme that we just pulled out of this. Elise does not like to work. I'm going back to Mexico. Anything Give that involves too much uh, effort, Elise is like, nope, don't like that. Thank you. I'm good. Good with those, uh, especially if you knew how long I pushed for. Yeah. Oh, please don't even tell people. Keep that little secret in your heart and cherish it there. Uh, All right. So okay. some people love to push and some people don't love to push. And you don't know until you get there. And it might, you might like it more with one baby and less with another. True. And it's okay to feel differently. And you might like it more as you go on. Mm. Um, and there might be parts of it that you like more than others too. And sometimes along the way, um, people start to feel kind of tired. And so there can be like, I, I love it. Now I hate it. Now I love it again. Yep. While you're pushing. Boy, we just use polar opposites, loving and hating. Maybe we should use like and dislike because yeah. loving and hating. Anyway, um, something I see sometimes is uh, get some calories in you because it's a lot of hard oh, work. Yeah. So if your place of birth, hopefully they allow you to eat. Um, if you are unmedicated um, and you live in Seattle especially, we see that they're just fine with you eating. There are other parts of the country that even if you're unmedicated while pushing, they might not be as cool with putting some food in your body. Um, but even if that's putting um, some electrolytes in the form of some liquid. Yeah. Honey is awesome right here. Yes. A spoonful of honey is fantastic or some honey straws. That's my favorite. Or think about getting some like goo or some, um, oh, what's it called? The, um, uh, oh, like the shock, blocks. Shock, shock blocks. You or can... Gatorade makes those like little jelly versions of Gatorade yeah. too. Yeah. So they're but... for folks that are doing like marathons, long bike rides, all those sugar. good things. So they've yeah. got electrolytes and sugar and salt and all the good things in there. Get some sugar um, in you because at this point you don't really need protein. Okay. You're going to get that afterwards. Just yep. get some sugar in. And so some energy. Yeah. Okay. So. Baby yay! comes out. Woo! You just had a baby. And now you are shaking uncontrollably. What? Lots of shaking. Jen, shaking? Shaking. Two things here. Nobody told me that was going to happen. I know, right? Hormones. Well, yeah. actually, we should also say that this sometimes this happens in transition or while pushing. You yeah. can be a little shaky. But it usually kind of comes and goes. It can a little in the early labor, too. Yeah. It can come and go, but I think it's a little bit more prevalent after your baby's um, in your arms. Yep. Start shaking. Uh, huge hormonal uh, thing that's just happened. Yeah. As well as uh, big energy that your body has just... Um, she yeah. just worked really hard. Yes. And then thirdly, if you have an epidural, that can be um, a byproduct of that medication yep. as well as some of that shaking. Um, so my tip is um, don't try to control it, right? Our brain wants to like, hey, wait, I should just try to control this. Um, my body's doing something. I can make it stop. You can't. And the more you try to make yourself not shake, probably the increase of the shaking. Yeah. So just, and you're going to use a lot of energy. Yes. Yep. Let it be. Just let it You know how be. I feel about using energy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Elise doesn't like to work. Um, the other thought here, too, is that your brain can kind of go, oh, no, something's wrong. Um, because usually we shake when we have a fever, right? I don't tend to shake unless, you know, I get a really bad fever. And that can feel kind of scary. Um, so most likely, hopefully, you don't have a fever. And if you did, somebody around you will tell you you They're have checking. a fever. But um, just know, hey, I'm okay. This is normal. My body does this after I've just had a baby. 
Um, okay. Birth pause. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell me more, Elise. <laughs> You're passionate about this birth pause. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So that you get a baby, and this baby comes right up to your chest, and they put this baby on you, and at least on TV, right? They're, you're falling in love, and you're supposed to cry and feel like this part of you is... Your soul. Your soul has it's been found, and your whole life has purpose now. Yes, all, all in the matter of seconds. And that's what you're supposed to feel, and instead you think to yourself, I sure wish I could have a sip of some water. Or... This baby is kind of slimy. Should it have all that blood in its hair? Or wish I could have a nap. Or closing of your eyes and just needing to take a deep breath. Yeah. And that's totally normal. So some folks have the like crying, emotional kissing of the baby's head. Wow, I just had a baby. Yep. And other folks don't. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to fall in love with your baby. Nope. And it doesn't mean that you're not a good mom. Nope. None of those things. And it, yeah, you could totally have a sip of some water or close your eyes or do any of those things. It is really okay to feel all those things. You just did a really, really hard thing. Yeah. And then you were tossed a baby. Not yep. tossed. But, you know, yeah. it is a lot to give birth and then be handed a baby. Yeah. It is, it's kind of unfortunate in a way to do all this labor and then get a baby right afterwards. I mean, it's nice to have that reward, but it's almost, it's a, in a way it's almost unfair that you have to suddenly become a parent after giving birth that they can't, you can't almost have a day off first. (laughs) It's, it's emotionally overstimulating for some folks. Yeah. So we, I think I'm going to use my word normalize. Uh oh, wait, wait, wait. What are we, what are we taking shots of today, Jed? Um, water. I no, got a water we just had water. And latte. I got a latte over here. Well, but I'm not, I'm not Let's drinking. have lemonade. Okay, there we go. It's a nice August day. We're taking shots of lemonade. Nice. Grab your lemonade at home. Jen is normalizing the, 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 the heck out of, well, I've transition. used up all my swear words. I know. We're normalizing yes. the heck out of birth today. Yep. So normalize that some folks feel immediate attraction and attachment to their baby and other people do not. And that comes over time and building of relationship. They might feel an affection, but maybe not what they had thought of like, oh my gosh, this is this baby that I've wanted and blah, blah, blah. But they feel a little disconnected. Um, Secondly, I want to quickly touch on the birth pause, which we know is something that's been researched that um, a birth pause can happen for some folks where basically they close their eyes for just a second and we know that left unmessed with, uh, okay, not in a bad or good way, but just left un, un um, what do you call that? Uninhibited, untouched, yeah. untouched, there yeah. we go. Um, a mom and a baby often go through what we call a birth pause where physiologically there's a lot going on in a baby's body, right? They're suddenly starting to uh, breathe air in a room instead of having it come to them through an umbilical cord. So there's a lot happening for a baby. There's also a lot happening for a mom where she's just expelled something that's been living inside of her, right? That's a big deal. So um, to have a birth pause is really typical for both um, 
mom and baby. Um, we won't go into too much detail here, but look it up on the web if you're interested in a bit more information about the birth pause, but it's well studied and all that good stuff. So, Elise, I think it's time to wrap it up. It is. We can't totally touch on all the things your friends didn't tell you about birth, but hopefully we've touched on a few that are like, oh yeah, nobody told me about that. Or if they did tell you about it, we're just kind of reinforcing it a little bit. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, and you can shoot us an email. Love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. And you can find us on pushingitpodcast.com and let us know what your friends didn't tell you and that you realized to be true mm-hmm. um, we'd love to know uh, what else you're thinking about too and what other advice you want to send on to other folks having babies so to wrap it all up here we want you to feel empowered and um, brave to make the choices that you need to make along yep. the way Um, to know that you can um, gather information and then from that make really empowering choices for yourself. That's right. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye.